2: This is the Winning Plays podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome back to
1: another episode of the Winning Plays podcast with Brian Rob and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine, and guys. In today's show, we're going to talk about Team USA's early exit at FIBA. We're going to talk about Sports Illustrated's annual summer top 100 rankings. But first, as always, we ask you to please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. That's a huge help for our numbers. Uh, give us a follow on our Twitter page, that's @winningplayspod. Shout out to CLNS Media for hosting this show. Shout out to BetOnline.ag, the best sponsor we have ever had. And as usual, guys, I think we're going to start off with some trivia. Does that sound good? Wonderful. All right. So I know you like the theme trivia, B-Rob. Um, we're going to be talking about the, the Sports Illustrated Top 100 today. This is a Celtics Top 100 trivia question. And here it is. Which of these three players do not appear on the list of the top 100 scorers in Celtics history? All right, you get the uh, the setup? Three guys. Yes. Two of them land in the top 100. One of them doesn't. That's the one I want to know. The three guys are, number one, Leon Poe. Number two, Dominique Wilkins. And number three, Wally Zerbiak. Which one's not in the top 100?
2: <laughs> uh, I'm going to guess... Uh, Leon Poe. That was going to be my guess, but this seems like a trap. Um, hmm. I'll go I'll go Dominique. Maybe he only played one year with the Celtics. so I'll say him. He only played one year with the Celtics, but he is
1: 94th all-time in scoring. He had 1,370 mm-hmm. points. Leon Poe is 99th all-time mm-hmm. with uh, 1,247, and Wally Zerbiak, 111th all time in Celtics history with 1040 on the point. So uh you guys both I got was on wrong. to you
2: I was on to you Rich but I just guessed the wrong one. Good job. Good question. You're on to me but you oh you're saying you the Yeah, with like I, a, I sniffed a, it yeah, out. Poe was exactly. Poe was
1: the big bait. It's always going to be a trap until the time that's not. <laughs> that's how you get it now. Uh all right, so let's go into Team USA. Fear up uh, uh t- take us take us to uh <laughs> on a, not a happier note, I guess, but take us to to China and everything that that just went down.
2: Uh, well, first off, I don't I don't hate the morning basketball in September. I'll just say that for the, the last week and a half, most of these games starting at 7 or 8 on the East Coast. Um, got into a nice little rhythm there. But yeah, USA, uh, after escaping against Turkey last week in uh, prelim rounds, did not do as much, losing to France on Wednesday in the quarterfinals um, and then losing pretty ugly to Serbia uh, on Thursday morning. So they will be relegated to the seventh place game against Poland <laughs> on Saturday, 4 a.m. start for Eastern time for those uh, diehards out there, but uh, yeah, Mike, just uh, I mean, this isn't a huge shock, but it's, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll focus here more on the Celtics theme takeaways from this other than anything else, but uh, clearly the this group was vulnerable, and it ended up being that game against the team that had you know, Gobert and Fournier kind of being the best two players in that game on uh, on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, I watched the uh, I watched this morning's game against Serbia and got back from the gym and it was already like thirty two to seven and I was like, okay, cool. Team USA clearly didn't get up for this one after the loss against France. Um, I mean, clearly the reason that they've been struggling is Jason Tatum wasn't available. That's uh, He would have obviously <laughs> saved the day. I think that goes without saying. Um, and they did not have Marcus Smart either today. Um, yeah, obviously really disappointing. And I guess for Celtics fans and for the Boston Celtics organization, it was kind of, uh, I don't really know what the big takeaway is. Having four guys on the team that was... You know, I don't think they were they were expected to roll through this tournament. They they definitely weren't. Um, but to lose two back to back and to be eliminated as early as they were was pretty surprising, I would say. So, I, don't, I mean, it's 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 not like disappointing, I guess. I guess it is slightly disappointing. But, you know, you would have liked to see, you know, Kemba Walker play a little better than he did. You would have liked to see Marcus Smart be healthy for the whole run, uh, Tatum not to sprain his ankle. I, I thought Jalen played particularly well uh, in this tournament, but uh, but yeah, one for four isn't particularly great.
1: Yeah, Mike, you had, you had mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I think when we first started talking about this and wondering, when we first looked at this roster, like eh, maybe this isn't a gold medal team, you had mentioned how they, they don't have the best player in the tournament this year. But, I mean, they they maybe didn't even have a top three or four, and that was, again, against France. I mean, Gobert was probably the best player on the floor. That makes a difference.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, Jokic, Giannis, Gobert. There were a lot of guys who are— I mean, the league is increasingly international, and there's obviously a different pride factor playing for your country when you're one of two, three, four guys who are in the NBA versus— with Team USA, where, you know, we obviously did not send the best of the best or even the second best of the best. I mean, you know, seeing Derek White this morning just miss, like, six floaters. I'm just like, what What are we doing right now? It's It, it was very tough to watch. Yeah, I mean, looking
2: at it from uh, a Celtics lens, Rich, like, you look at Kemba. Kemba, I thought, like, did what he was supposed to do beyond – he had done the France game, but, like, he scored, he dished pretty well – he worked hard on D. Um, but you did see, like, again, late in games, just his limitations when you're going up against size on the paint without a friendly whistle. Like, Gobert rejected him a few times. He had trouble getting shots off uh, when he doesn't have it going. And, yeah, that's just, like... I actually think I saw something on Reddit, NBA Reddit, uh, earlier in the summer. It's been crazy how Kemba had was, like, O of 17 or something like that in, like, game-tying situations or game-winning situations like over the last few years in Charlotte for like shot attempts, which was just like, whoa. And probably is obviously random and meaningless to a degree, given the fact that no one else could really take those kind of shots there. But it did just make me think about like, you know, he's not going to be the default go-to guy, I feel like, in situations for the Celtics in late games this year. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing.
0: No, we, we, we've talked about how, or I think at least I've mentioned how like for this team to reach its true ceiling, like it needs Jason Tatum to be that closing type of force in his, in his third season. And because there are limitations with Kemba and understandable ones, I think he's led the league in shots that or field goal attempts that were Mm -hmm. blocked uh, last year. Um, And you saw it today, even, you know, when he, when he, it penetrates into the paint and he really needs to get his body into shot blockers or it's like, it's all over and that physical toll in a game that's, you know, relatively meaningless. You don't really want to see too much cause he's hitting the deck so often. But, um, but yeah, um, it's, it, it his, his, he's a really great player, obviously. And, you know, you don't want to write off someone at, at all who struggles in the clutch like he has apparently with those numbers. But, uh, but yeah, it's it's a little, it's it, this the Celtics definitely need a little bit more offensive firepower
2: for sure. And it's a situation too where, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like I think the best late game offense is when you have, you don't know where the ball is going, and right. so it's a like just a, where it's not, you know, he's clearly like Kyrie obviously was very good in late game situations for the regular season anyway. But there was a degree of, you know, predictability there. And so I think we'll we'll see even more of Stevens just getting into his bag of tricks more that he did so well throughout, you know, for most of his other career and that should be provided a different element there. Uh the other thing I wanted to ask you guys about Jalen Brown guarding bigs, I think is the other like big takeaway from this tournament. Um, since that's pretty much strictly the only thing he was doing given the roster construction he performed pretty well in this department um i feel like all things considered did you know was communication on defense was pretty solid his boxing out down low was solid he held his own in the post obviously didn't do couldn't do everything against guys like gobert but uh held up pretty well against others rich do you feel like this is a like something that brad steven's is going to look at and be like, all right, I'm going to, you know, push more Jalen Moore towards this, because I feel like before he was more used for guarding guards than ever guarding bigs, really.
1: Right. Or just, or, or, or bigger wings sometimes, you know, right. like he bigger was, wings. he guard LeBron a little bit, you know, in those, in those conference finals series. But he, I mean, they might not have a choice, right? Like, as we've talked about so many times, like, you know, if you do want to put your, your, your best five on the floor, sometimes he's going to have to be guarding up. And I don't think that, that Tatum is at a point physically where he's really ready to do that. Um, but, you know, the other side of that is gonna be you know, that's gonna take a lot out of him, right? I mean that's just that's just part of it. And you look at Jalen's shooting and how how many games have they played so far? I, I have seven games here on my on my stat sheet. Is that up to date? Yep,
2: that's I believe
1: that's right. Yeah, so I mean so Jalen four fourteen from three, five of eleven from the from the foul line. So the shooting was still not there, and that's obviously a small sample size, but uh, I think that will be part of it, you know. I I think that he'll have to give up a little bit on the offensive end if he's going to be toiling with the Giannis, and, and obviously that's the uh, best case. You know, that's the worst case scenario, I guess, if you're talking Giannis. But like, but he might just might not have a choice but to do that.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, uh, I. I'm kind of already
2: ready to move on from Team USA. <laughs> I don't know if there's any other, any other big takeaways here. Well, what do you think about Jalen? I mean, do you want Jalen at the floor, Mike? What's like this is not Team USA thing. This is a Celtics thing. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I, I I thought that you know,
0: particularly this morning, him him guarding Jokic. I mean, they're not really doing a lot of t- a ton of post ups, and and uh, we were talking a little bit before we started to record about how Serbia uses Jokic a little bit differently than the Denver Nuggets do with um so you know he's on the perimeter a little bit more and and I mean overall I would say that Jalen looks bigger we've mentioned that he looks stronger um you know defending bigger guys in the NBA where post-ups really aren't a part of skill sets as often as they once were isn't as difficult or as laborious so I, I I don't really have a problem with it I think you know a lot of guys on this roster can do it in short stints, particularly Marcus Smart, who we discussed at length uh, in our last episode. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with Jalen. I thought that he spoke about his versatility in a story written by Brian Windhorst, uh, his ability to guard two through four um, and play uh, two through four on offense as well. Uh, so, you know, the versatility of Jalen is really been a bright spot for team usa so far um you know i thought that this morning in this morning's game against serbia he was a little tentative offensively he passed up a wide open three i think they were down like six or eight or something with under two minutes to go and uh i heard someone yell from the bench for him to shoot it and he passed it to miles turner at the free throw line and this i think the team usa eventually turned it over uh so just stuff like that uh, obviously needs to still improve but overall i would say he was a bright spot in this tournament and his versatility is a bright spot going forward yeah it's, it's going to be, be some
1: some you go to say ahead. some some picking and choosing and just finding the right time because if you roll the ball out at, at the beginning of the game and say all right jalen you're gonna you're gonna guard siakam every single play of this game i mean eventually i think that's going to catch up if you say if, 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 if even with someone like aaron gordon right but if say if if Brad is constantly switching the schemes and like and maybe you give two possessions on and like a possession or two off and just keep keep these guys on their toes, maybe that's where he can make an impact. But I think that I think it'll catch up to you eventually if you try to do it all game every game.
2: Yeah, no question about that. And the the fact that he is entering a contract year where you know the numbers are going to matter to a degree with him like how much this others are going to ask him to sacrifice from that standpoint, from a defensive standpoint where you obviously don't get the, the accolades you will if versus putting up the, the offensive numbers. So I think that whole dynamic is going to be very interesting to see how Brad elects to like head into the season. I assume Jalen's going to be in the starting five one way or another, but just what his, you know, specified role within that is going to be, Very intriguing, especially just based on how last year went and how poorly the start of last year went. So before we move on and talk about our next subject,
0: uh, uh, B-Rob, I wanted to run by you a fake trade proposal that someone ran Mm -hmm. by me that I've already run by Rich um, when you were gone before uh, we started to record. Um, it involves Jalen and the Sacramento Kings, and it is uh, Jalen for uh, Bogdanovich, Harry Giles, and a first-round pick. Do you think the Celtics <laughs> leap through,
2: leap out of their chairs to to do that deal? Yes. Yeah, I, I agree. would take. I would assume that that deal would be done before the phone. I would. I was. <laughs> I for. Like, they would do that without a first-round pick, I feel like. I thought – I
0: agree with you 100%. And uh, the person who who uh, who brought it up to me is a Kings fan. And uh, he asked me if I thought that was enough. And I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's – yeah, it's, it's, it's enough for sure. It's definitely yeah. enough.
2: I mean, that is interesting. I mean, it's too bad that for – you know, you have Harrison Barnes on the Kings. So that's like I feel like just – Jalen 2.0. Um, so the fit there. And you have Trevor Ariza now. How about What a weird. <laughs> the Kings are. Yeah. That, that's a. What a. Yeah. What a mess that roster is of like r- repetitive talent. But yeah, I mean, that's clearly anyone who t- to offer to that deal would be done in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. But that's a. That's, again, an interesting. Jalen's value will be interesting to watch as the year goes on here it will should we uh, before work? we move
1: on yeah before we wish. move on i'm just gonna can i ask you guys a question no i'm gonna make a statement and say that the nfl season is underway <laughs> and to celebrate another kickoff <laughs> uh, betonline.ag and clns media are giving you a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit so head over to betonline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code clns50 to receive your welcome bonus do not sit on the sidelines this football season. Get into all the action with BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions. A minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonus. And uh, I think we should get into the top 100. If that sounds good. Mike, Pino, why don't Let's you take do the, the reins on, on on this one? This was your your
0: brainchild. Yeah, so I I... The ESPN uh, I'm sorry not ESPN <laughs> Sports, Sports, Illust, Sports Illustrated's uh, Top 100 is just like a really fun annual staple um, it's traditionally done by Ben Gulliver and Rob Mahoney this year Rob did it by himself uh, incredibly and it's really well written and everyone should definitely check it out and what I personally love about it uh, is just you know it, it stirs so much conversation it stirs so much thought uh, obviously, ranking 100, the top 100 players in the NBA is is impossible. And you know, five—if you were to you know pull 100 really smart people, you would not get similar lists from all of them. And it's entirely subjective. And uh, the Celtics had five players on the list this year, um, which I guess should should have been. It's it's not a surprise or anything. Um, but where they landed, I think is pretty interesting for some of them. And so we're just going to go through, uh, each one starting, uh, with the lowest position player who is Marcus Smart and just kind of, you know, just game it out a little bit and talk about, uh, you know, are they ranked too high, too low, um, Players around them and, and whether or not we believe uh, they're better or worse, and, and just kind of figure things out. So, I guess without further ado, Marcus Smart comes in at number 82. And B Rob, you had, I believe, uh, last year's list, and and Marcus Smart was on that list, right? Uh, no, he, he was made not. It. He was not. Okay. Which
2: but um, a surprise, Travis.
0: Um... Well, I know because you hate no, him. No, but, no, no, no. Come um... <laughs> <laughs> on i know but actually um,
2: i'll we'll go over more players uh last year's rankings from last year uh, later on the podcast here but uh can you guys do you guys want to guess who was number 82 on last year's list was it tatum (laughs) i mean don't think too hard about it it makes very it's i'm not like think about the celtics jalen brown no
1: Tatum, no. Brad Wanamaker, who was it? Oh, come on. Think about no think about
2: the two thousand the postseason run. This this player is Marcus living Morris? off of this ranking. In their next year, Terry, Terry Rozier. <laughs> oh wow! In the two thousand nineteen, uh, that is that is SI incredible. Rankings. Did not um, make did not appear in the twenty twenty list. Despite making more exactly. money than, yeah um
0: very interesting. Well anyway, so Smart, is com- Smart comes in at 82. Uh Patrick Beverly is in at 81, which I thought was pretty interesting and uh Julius Randall who was selected uh one pick after Smart in their draft class
2: comes in at 79. So there's just a few players. Yeah, that's the wild um, one to me on this for like Randall does not belong in the top 80. On this
0: I've top never I've never been a Randall fan, and I think it's no coincidence that his teams have always struggled. Um, he's a, I think he's just kind of a, a good stats bad team type of player. Just blades on his playing style, but uh, Marcus Smart has always been kind of the inverse of that. In that, you know, he's he's very difficult to quantify statistically, and he just always obviously impacts winning. And that's why this podcast is called the Winning Plays Podcast because of him um so what did you guys just generally think about him coming in at, at 82 coming off the season uh that he had
1: well what's interesting is i'm looking at what, i'm reading the write-up right now that they put and one of the sentences one of the first sentence says specialists are notorious notoriously hard to rank and is marcus Smart really a specialist i think that's what we maybe have to break away from maybe that's what he has to break away from because he has offensive skills he's a very good defensive yeah, player but i don't I know agree. if he's a
2: defensive specialist right no, I'm with you, Rich. Like this maybe before last year you could say that? Like to a degree, like as a national, we, we would know that otherwise here watching him eighty two games a year, but nationally you could maybe give him that layout. But now no, like when you when you shoot thirty seven percent from three, um are you know, your plus minus numbers are fantastic compared to the team all year, and you're like the only guy that Kyrie Irving likes to play with. um on both ends of the floor then yeah like this is last year was a breakout year he got the 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 acclaim he should have for you know first team all defense but on top of that he was like a net positive on the offensive end whether it was handling or just you know taking good shots night after night uh for the better part of 82 games so he you know i think he's underrated from that standpoint
0: I, I, yeah, I think he, he was one of the three best passers on the Celtics last season, and he's a terrific pick-and-roll ball handler. And, you know, he sees the floor extremely well. Uh, the shooting, you know, I, I've always believed that the shot would come around for him, and it did last season, finally. Um, still not, you know, particularly devastating finishing around the basket. Um, but... But yeah, I mean, I, I I think he's a quality offensive player. He's a steadily improving offensive player. Uh, you don't panic when the ball's in his hands, really. Um, they trust him, obviously, and and yeah, the defense overshadows a lot because that's kind of his identity. But I would just kind of say he does a little bit of everything extremely well. That's kind of how. That's what I think of when I when I when I think about Marcus Smart is just kind of the 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 breadth of his game more so than the special him, him t- tuning in on or honing in on one particular area. Where would you guys rank him if you were making this list? Seven. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, I would say, it, I mean, it's really difficult. There are there are a few players who are above him who uh, I don't know.
2: Yeah, just like ballpark it. Like what feels right to you. Like don't worry about like the players ahead of us. I'd say seventy five feels right. Yeah, that's what I was gonna go with.
1: Well, because it's like you got like Covington at sixty four because... or Eric Gordon at at sixty three, and like those guys twenty slots better than Marcus Smart. I don't think so. JJ Redick, and I know that I know that he's a great, well, he's a great player. Yeah. But like, if you're picking, a, if you're starting a team right now and you want one of those guys, like I'm probably going Marcus Smart.
0: Right, and I mean, if you want to talk, those are those are specialists. I think more, uh, I would say Reddick is obviously a specialist. Sure, um, and and so is is uh, is Covington, coming off a, a, an interesting year when his team fell apart after he was after he went down in Minnesota. Um, I'm looking at like you know Ricky Rubio comes in at at uh, 73. I like. I don't know. I I think Marcus Smart is just. I'd much rather have Marcus Smart than Ricky Rubio on my basketball team. Although Harrison they're very Barnes. similar, excuse me, similar players. Yeah, Harrison Barnes, hero of Team USA. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I, I'm not like killing this ranking at all. I think it's fine. Um, I remember being a little perturbed when he didn't make it last year, but, but uh, but yeah, like you have you have PJ Tucker seventy four. Uh, Rubio seventy. I, I would, I would, I would more classify uh, Marcus Smart in that camp than than where he is. But it's not like a humongous deal that he is at eighty two. All
2: right, let's uh, move to the next. Go to oh, Rich. Real quick,
1: I mean, right now you can pick one player: Marcus or, or Marcus Smart.
0: Today, Marcus Smart.
1: Yeah, Marcus, <laughs> Marcus Smart. Also... Gasol and Kevin Love, 42 and 41, and, and, and Marcus up up in the 80s. So whatever, it's not perfect, but those are some of the ones yeah. that I saw. I'm like,
0: eh. Yeah, it's tough.
2: All right, so let's move on to next name on this list. Uh, We already talked about him a lot uh, earlier in this podcast, Jalen Brown. At number 68, again, this is how many spots do you guys think he dropped from last year? Ten.
1: So he's sixty eight this year? Yes. Yeah, I'll say he was seventy four last year.
2: Oh, so you think he went
1: up? Oh, so he was he was better ranked last season? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think no about idea. this. This is
2: coming off of the near finals run. Sure. What was he in the fifties? He was forty seven. Oh yikes. damn. So it took a 21 spot hit there. Um I can't really argue with it. I mean, I think he being in the 60s and a lot of it was beyond his control, I feel like last year in terms of just how his role played out. Um but just when you look at his production and the team's production like this feels pretty fair heading into this year. I expect this to go up, but as things currently stand, this is I can't really quibble with it too much, even though some of the guys above them that we already talked about, I would obviously, you know, put, would rather have Jalen.
0: Yeah, this, this, uh, this, di- it's not surprising, I don't think, at all. And I don't know. It's really, this is why this, these lists are so difficult because contextually, you're right, B. Rob, as you said. Like what the Celtics asked him to do was not very representative of his overall skill set and what he is capable of, and he struggled to fit into his role at times, and that hurt, that knocked him back. Um, but when I look at some of the players who are around him, uh, you know, having him right above Karis LeVert, who is just a different type of player, and that I, I don't know, I thought Karis was was dinged a little bit, um, but there's a play, a few players above. Uh, above Jalen that I don't know I feel like all around if we're you know at the schoolyard picking guys I would take Jalen before them so um so yeah it was it's again this I don't really kill this ranking at all I think it's it's perfectly fine based on the season that he just had but I, I expect him to you know leap forward this season This this could be
1: a good segue, but I mean, one of those guys you're talking about could be number fifty nine, who is Gordon Hayward. Like, is that? I mean, to see him ahead of Jalen, that's that. That's a. I mean, we we all like to see it. We all think that we're going to see a better a better Gordon Hayward this year. Now, two full seasons removed from the injury, Um, but I don't know. Like, does he does he deserve to be in at fifty
0: nine? B. Rob, what were your thoughts on this? Because. I when I was scrolling through it uh, initially when this list this list comes out in intervals but when I'm scrolling through it I'm like is Gordon Hayward not going to be on the list at all yeah. and to see him just like pop in at 59 I was uh I was I was a little surprised
2: yeah this is an optimistic ranking for given how last year went but I think that yeah. you know the this is a faith in the track record for Gordon and i being two years away from injury Um, but yeah if you look at how last year went then this is you know not a this is a very high ranking for him but I think again this is done with a a look towards next season clearly and uh, Rob you know is betting that Hayward gets you know not all the way back but is getting closer to what he showed in Utah and I think the Celtics Feel pretty confident in that as well at this point, based on how the summer's gone. And just reading, yeah. You, go ahead, Rich. I said just
1: reading uh, Gordon's write-up, and and B Rob, I'm sure you have this in your in your notes too. But, but Pina, do you know where where Gordon was ranked last year? Uh, top thirty. I don't know exactly. Yeah. Where. So he was in the he was in the top thirty last season, coming out in his first season back from the injury. So I mean, I, I think I think we just what our 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 thoughts that this is a little bit of a screwy pick. I think that they just they they have a blind spot with Gordon Hayward. I think we just have to throw him out from of the rankings because they're they, <laughs> you know like they put him in the top thirty last year. It's hard to to trust what they're gonna say this year. I mean, because
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is funny. Like everyone, I think I feel like everyone was very optimistic overall about the Celtics heading into last season, and you know. I remember I wrote a piece about how Gordon uh, should come off the bench, and it was not greeted warmly by some Celtics fans um, and deemed ridiculous by some people. Um, so I feel like the expectations were up there for sure, but you know that injury was very severe, and he had multiple surgeries, and he wasn't able to rehab as much as a lot of people thought. And yeah, but like even as the season was going on and he, you, you assume that someone would work their way back, but he was just, he was inconsistent from the jump.
2: Yeah. There's no question about that. And you look at the fact that the, I mean, the way the, the, the buck series went in particular, um, you know, Kyrie obviously had the roughest series there, but Gordon was a close uh, second just in terms of his lack of aggressiveness and that's something that is clearly a priority in his game they're going to obviously need him to be a ball handler much more this season uh potentially handling you know that role for the second unit at times and even the starting unit at times if when they get Kemba off the ball um but yeah this is I mean like you said Rich this is a I don't know if a blind spot ranking, but this is, this is just tough to place anyone, I feel like, in a ranking like this uh, two years off the injury. But um, I, I'd i bet if you talk to the Celtics, they would think he's going to be higher than number 59 in this list after when this year's ended. And so that's um, how close he can get to that number 25 ranking he had last year will probably tell the story of how much upside the Celtics team will have uh, for this upcoming season. Should we move she on to...
1: Do you guys have trouble reading the numbers in this in this thing? Like the layout, the way they design the numbers behind the pictures of the guys, you can hardly even tell what number it is half the time. Do you guys have that problem? That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> they, the, the the
0: the font is a little is a little interesting. I will say the design the is thing bizarre. Goes
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, the next Celtic on this list, which is Jason Tatum. Who uh, is up to number thirty-five? I'll ask you guys first. Do you think he his ranking increased or decreased compared to last year? Mike, I'll start with you.
0: I think it decreased. I
1: don't know that for sure. Rich, I mean, so Gordon was top thirty last year, so and coming off that, yeah, I'm gonna say that he was ranked he was ranked in the top thirty as well last year.
2: Does incorrect Tatum was number 39 last year so he has moved up four spots to number 35 in this Ooh. ranking uh, so I guess he didn't plateau guys he made some inroads last year <laughs> I, I, I mean I guess I, I'm fine with this ranking um, but I do think again it might be a little um, optimistic based off of how he did how his last year went
0: Well, if you're... Yeah, right. But if you are basing it off of his career, I would say this is fine. I mean, we all assume that year three... What are the expectations? Like, the expectations for me are all-star game. So, I would say if you're expecting someone to make the all-star team, having them be a top 35 player isn't a crazy thing to say.
2: Especially if the... Other twenty-five players ahead of him are in the Western Conference. Hopefully, yes. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's Um, interesting. One one thing
0: I want—I want to point out really. Yeah, one thing I really want to point out is Jamal Murray coming in at thirty-eight versus Tatum at thirty-five. Now, I think that I think that Tatum is going to have a better career. I think he is a better player fit for where the NBA is. Two ways. But, I mean, Jamal Murray is coming off of a playoff run in which he was basically the... I mean, he's the primary perimeter ball handler on a team that won however many games, 54, I think, um, and was kind of like a darling last season. Uh, I, he's not the best player on his team by any means, but he was a key figure, uh, extremely young, uh, drafted one year earlier than uh, than Tatum. Um, so I thought that that was really a statement. I don't know if that's a statement about Murray or a statement about Tatum, but to have him above him by that many spots was pretty interesting. What about Luca? Five spots ahead. Wait, wait
1: is Tatum thirty-five? You said, B Rob? Yeah,
2: yeah, Luca's yes. at thirty. It's interesting. Yeah, that that feels a little. What do you guys think about I that? I mean, Rob's a Dallas guy. <laughs> I love Rob, but Rob's a Dallas guy. Um, so yeah, that's, that's not a surprise to me. I think that,
0: uh, Luca, Luca should be a top 30 player by the end of the season, but I don't know if I'm putting him there right now. Um,
1: you could probably say the same about CJ
0: McCollum. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe. Um, I mean, is there anything else to say about Tatum? like, you know, the team USA was... uh, You know, injuries hampered him. It was a little disappointing. He wasn't particularly efficient. uh, But, you know, everything else from his summer seems to be a sign of optimism or a signal towards optimism. Um, I mean,
2: his stock is up, Mike. He was hurt for all these games. That's right.
0: I mean, the on-off numbers (laughs) are going to go berserk. That's for sure. Um, But, like, what are we – like – I said ten, like a couple of minutes ago that I, I'm I'm confident he'll be an all-star. Is that a crazy thing to say? Is that, Where do you guys fall in line with a prediction like that?
2: I don't think it's crazy. I think it's a little optimistic um, just based on – I think there's a lot of different variables that come into play there, like how good is Gordon next year, um, how good is the rest of the East, how good are the Celtics. But, I mean, I wouldn't – if I'd make a bet on it, I'd bet against it, but I don't think it's – I wouldn't like – bet a lot against it
1: i think i think that let's hope that we're not discussing next summer another 30s ranking for jason Tatum. you know this is the year and and it's funny because we keep putting it off we say this is the year he's going to do it now he comes to team usa this is the time this is going to be his chance to to finally break out and show who he can be and then obviously the injury is not his fault but, you know, this, this is it. And I think one part of, of potentially making that all-star team is b Rob. you know, as you mentioned earlier in the podcast that, you know, Kemba hasn't, I, you know, really had the best numbers when it's come to closing out games and crunch time. And granted, he was playing on Charlotte and that's just such a disaster. But, you know, as opposed to going to the hot hand or getting tricky if you know, what well, if the Celtics do come into the season and say, Jason Tatum, you're our finisher. You know, you're the guy that's going to take us over the hump in those big games. And if he takes that role and and runs with it i mean that's all-star you know that's when you're the clear cut you know probably put so is there a chance that that jason tam could be the best player in this year's team how about that can he have a better season than kemba walker sure yeah when you factor Why defense not? into play yeah yeah um, so i mean if 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 that's the case i mean that's that's clear that's certainly an all-star if you're the best player on a on a top four team in the conference so yeah, I'm mean, like
0: So you talk about. I mean, like, the, the, I would not be. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I I would not be surprised if he led the team in scoring either. I, I don't think that that's a crazy thing to say. I would not be surprised if he averaged seven or eight free throw attempts per game. If he uh, led the team in shot attempts. If he, I mean, like I I just I wouldn't. I I I, I think that this, this, the the sky is the limit. And in year three, when a player this talented hits it. They usually have a big bump and so that's the that's what I'm expecting out of him context aside
2: sure so we go to All number 20 right, so let's move on to the last yeah let's go to number 20 here Kemba Walker the newest Celtic uh he is bumped up twelve spots from last year was number thirty two so is this is clearly his best ranking after his I'd say arguably one of his best seasons in Charlotte. Um, and comparatively, Kyrie Irving was number 17 last year. So uh, in the eyes of SI, a, a slight step down from Kyrie, which um, I think is is very fair. Um, Mike, what do you think about him at number 20?
0: I'm, I'm fine with it. I would say he's a top 20 NBA player. Um i'm just i i i'm a little there's a couple players he's he's ahead of that are that really stick out to me and a couple players who he's behind who i'm kind of like kemba walker is a more impactful basketball player than uh than so and so um but it you know outside the context of ranking him beside other players like I, this is a good spot for him uh coming off the all nba season where you know he just he it, it, coming off an all nba season where he you know the hornets obviously weren't great and he was basically their everything and you know i feel like he was he's been the lone bright spot for one of the most depressing organizations in the league for some time now and i would not be surprised if he was even higher uh on this list next season based on the season he's about to have
1: yeah I feel that I think that right doing it in Charlotte for the last what, eight seasons coming out doing it in a place like Boston where he's actually going to you know hopefully have home court advantage for the playoffs and get a couple rounds deep and do it on that stage and play on national tv far more often than he has before I think the stage is set for him to make that that jump I mean you know we talk about Tatum we talk about Gordon like you wonder like will he you know when people see that his numbers are going down a little bit well then they react and make him worse right like well maybe tatum jump into the top 20 and and kemba moves into the high 20s uh we'll see but yeah the stage is set for him to really make the leap into you know he's been an all-star but one of those guys that just get that's in the conversation every single time it comes up
0: yeah I, i i just think that also i agree with all that but you know in charlotte you know a lot of the shots that he had to take were forced they were heavily contested he faced you know countless double teams he was the central focus for the opposing team every single night and that just i i just that will not happen this season and so i think he'll be more efficient i think he'll be uh he'll be a better playmaker for it um and he'll be just a more deadly basketball player and and it's going to be, you know, a lot of the other guys have to step up for sure in the scoring department but
2: uh, I'm I'm pretty confident in Kemba as the head of the snake of this team. I think I'll be looking most to see Kemba goes up on this list. I feel like if he can bring it if this is be, if this other are a good defensive team with him in it cuz that's something where I don't think he had the ability to play the defense he wanted to intra because of the the onus on him on the offensive end. With more of a supporting cast here, we've seen, you know, in the World Cup, just, you know, he's, his size is a disadvantage, but he can, you know, pester in the pick and roll. He recovers pretty well. He takes a lot of charges. So I think playing in an environment where that stuff is, you know, he's able to do more of that, I think could, you know, push him potentially higher in this list heading into next year. But 20 seems pretty fair for now. Um let's wrap up real quick. I I have to talk about the one ranking that I couldn't believe on this list. Um I don't know if you guys want to guess it or not. I don't know if we have enough time, but I'm just going to say Clay Thompson at number 58 is just <laughs> like I was I and I know he's come out for torn ACL, but that's still just absolutely slap in the face. Well, It's, it's slapping the face to Clay. Um that everything else on this list I thought was very Good, very fair. I thought the top of the list was well done, um, from top thirty in particular. But Clay, you're getting you're underrated at number fifty eight. I'll say that.
0: Can we have a, a very brief Al Horford conversation? So he's the one that made me scream. That was my. <laughs> that was my... Well, I know I, I I know Rob. I've had conversations with Rob about Al Horford, and I love Al Horford, Rob would marry, well, Rob would break up with his, his, his girlfriend or fiance, um, and, and marry Al Horford if possible. So I know that uh, that was probably a, a, a factor in this decision making, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little high, I would say. Coming a- 18 in, uh, is the, the number.
1: The I don't know if, if you said yes. he's, he's the 18th. And, he, and this is the line that, that drove me nuts. In a locker room, Horford is the kind of show-don't-tell leader that keeps a team on track without them ever really knowing it. And let's listen. Maybe that's about Horford. But how do you write that after what happened last season? <laughs> it's, not, it's not real. I, I mean, it just does it. It just is not reality. Maybe at one time. And also, when you run into Giannis and Atacampo and Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis, you need someone on your team who understands the mechanics of defense at a foundational level. Sure, but Giannis also destroyed the Celtics in the playoffs last year. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe a couple of years ago, sure, you can, you can say a, a, Al Horford in his prime. But he's not—he's not the 18th best player, best player in the NBA anymore. He's just not.
0: No, um, when I was looking at you know the players that I was talking about, uh, that I thought Kemba should have been higher than uh, Al Horford is is certainly one of them. The Celtics um, think so because that was the choice they made.
2: No.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and I love Al Horford. Uh, my my other my my only real gripe. I don't even want to call it a grape that much, but I just I I would just put Kawhi Leonard number one. I I, I don't under I just don't the Kawhi Leonard versus Giannis thing. I thought that that was settled heading into the season. <laughs> I, I I I don't I just don't get it. I I don't get the uh, like I love Giannis. I think he's terrific, but I mean what like what 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 did we just see happen? Am I am I crazy or? Right. I guess the only argument is that there's no way... It's
1: settled. I was going to say, there's no way that Kawhi is going to be better than he was last year. Right? Is that possible that Kawhi Leonard is going to be better than he was last season?
0: Yeah. I think he's going to
1: be better. He could be as good. He could be as good. I think Giannis is the one who still has enough room to grow and has the potential to grow into a better player than he was last year. So maybe he overtakes Kawhi. But I'm I'm just, just finding something to i'm being contrarian i i, I think that kawaii should be number one as well but maybe if we're going on the future and what's going to happen this upcoming year maybe Giannis is you can make an argument for it but not a very good one
2: well Giannis has great players alongside him, like eric bledsoe at number 46 on this <laughs> list um Ugh. luckily this is it's this is this is a regular season realist the bledsoe which which lines up to that <laughs> but um I'll be, I'd be curious to see someone make a top 100 playoff ranking um, since I feel like there would Let's be a it. lot of mixing a match. I know that is just a, that's a fun, um, you know, Mike, you can do that uh, next summer. <laughs> that can be your big No, big thanks. Project. No, I, I really enjoy taking three months yeah. off. <laughs> you, if no, if you value. Uh-huh. All right. Well, Alrighty. I'll put a bow on this one uh, for going through top 100 and team usa stuff guys we're only two weeks away from training camp it's sneaking up real quick here um so we'll be getting more into the seas upcoming season as the days count down here in the meantime uh thanks for listening uh again subscribe rate us on itunes uh we appreciate it tell your friends about the winning place podcast and we'll get back with you all on next week